listening to Rattle and Pedal, diversion thoughts on marketing and growing professional services firms. Your hosts are Jason Malicki and Jeff McKay. Okay, Jeff, do you realize it has been 1,087 days since we published the first episode of Rattle and Pedal? No, I hadn't realized that. I was thinking in terms of episodes, not in terms of days. Wow. And there's a lot of stuff that's happened in those 1,000 days. One, we, this will be the 100th episode, so we've published 100 episodes. More importantly, that team up north has still not been able to manage to win against the Buckeyes. <laughs> By the way, that streak is now 3,440 days. <laughs> so that could legitimately get to a year, I think, by the time they, or 10 years by the time they play again. So, all right. So today, you know, you, you, you encourage this and I, and I think it's great. We're going to do a little bit of a retrospective episode. We're going to sort of look back at that 100 episode journey and just say, say thank you first to everyone who's listened and taught us, supported us, shared us along the way, both our guests and our listeners, and what we've learned from that. So I think what we, we kind of bucketed this into a couple of groups, You know, some of our favorite episodes, some of our best memories, some of our biggest learnings. I don't really have an opinion on where we start, but actually, maybe I do have an opinion. Maybe the best place to start, you know, we did a survey a long time ago now, but, you know, you brought it up in, in the prep for today's call. And that is, you know, why people listen. So we're kind of coming back to why people listen to this podcast. And I think it'd be good for you to kind of highlight a couple of things in there. And we'll use that as the, the framework for today. Well, I think this is self-evident. They listen because... I'm entertaining. And- <laughs> <laughs> they, actually, they, they trudge through that. They, they trudge through that. They, you know, they manage through that. Actually, you know, the research that we did, and thank you to the listeners that are still listening that took the time to answer the questions we asked. We didn't cover them back when, but we really did use that information to reflect and trim the sails, if you will, of the podcast. So it was incredibly useful. But, you know, the feedback that we got was was really, I, I, th- I thought, insightful. You know, people really like the format of, of Rattle and Pedal. You know, people commented on our chemistry and, and, and humor and how you always pick on me and how you should lighten up a little. <laughs> Yeah, I'm a pretty rigid guy. <laughs> yeah. But we, you know, we had some hypotheses about what people were really listening to. And and we were surprised somewhat. It was the reason people listen to rattle and pedal, and this made us feel good, is that they listen because they want strategic ideas and they want the types of strategic ideas that can help them enhance performance of their firms. It was that simple. You know, we had this hypothesis that people would enjoy stories more. And, and yeah, I think people like to hear the stories. They like to hear the, the case studies and examples of real firms. But in the end, they listen to take something away. And I thought that was incredibly valuable. But I chuckle because we also asked for, you know, some open-ended questions. And, and one, as we were reviewing the research, this was so funny, and we still laugh about it today. We had someone tell us that the way we could improve the podcast 
was to stop bloviating and trying to demonstrate how smart each of us was. <laughs> oh, gosh. I, I guess that was humbling, but it was also so funny. Stop bloviating. We even considered changing the name of the podcast. Bloviation <laughs> Nation. <laughs> the, yeah, the, yeah. Well, actually, you know, and that person's feedback actually did did change the direction, right? We did then start to invite in guests more frequently and get other people to join in the dialogue. But we did laugh about it only because the, the essence of the format of, of the, is, is a back and forth point counterpoint discussion. So on some level, it, it's sort of designed for bloviating, uh, maybe intentionally, maybe unintentionally, I don't recall. But <laughs> we have laughed about that quite a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. And, and and it is funny because this this podcast, you know, was your brainchild, but it was the outgrowth of our relationship. We just always used to get on the phone for no particular reason and just start talking. And and we thought, hey, that was a good discussion. I wish we had recorded that. And it was kind of a fly on the wall type of podcast. And when nobody was listening, we were bloviating. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Solving so, the world's problems on, on our on our own, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. So I like so to tell my funny. kids all the time, I say, well, you know, no one ever asked me about, you know, XYZ, whatever it is. You know, but if they did, I would tell them this. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and they, they laugh. It's usually about public policy or whatever else, stuff they don't care about, right? Well, let's do this. So, you know, I, I mentioned in this setup that it, it is a bit of a blur. I mean, I was scanning through the list of, well, I think at the moment of recording 98 episodes or whatever. And it was hard for me to remember, you know, everything we've talked about inside of those. Some of them I remember quite well. Others I don't remember that well at all. And we did we did a reconnaissance on LinkedIn to get some feedback. You know, what were, the, you know, what were people's favorites episodes? What had had the biggest impact? So, but maybe before we do that, let's just take a minute and just... What have you learned? You know, I mean, you, you brought this up, you know, kind of reflecting on what, what you've learned, what you've taken away on your side. And I'll try to do the same on my side. Well, I guess when I look at the medium of podcasting, it's, I, I find it fascinating. And podcasts are a dime a dozen anymore because the technology has come so far that really all you need is a PC and an internet connection and bam. You know, you have a channel and I mean, you can stream across all these different platforms and there's just this incredible noise in the system. And podcasting is hard in that it takes discipline. It is an art and it needs to be thoughtful. It's not just, hey, let's record and, and get going. I think that's really important. But but I would argue also the, the important thing I've learned is I think the success of, of Rattle and Pedal to a large degree is the result of Jason. Uh, Jason, I think you just, and I've said this on so many podcasts, are just a natural in this channel. I'm always amazed with how easy you make it seem to carry on a conversation, to ask great questions, to synthesize conversations and ideas. And when I go back and listen to, to some of our recordings, I definitely walk away with, man, Jason's so much more interesting than me. <laughs> <laughs> 
I would never say that. I, 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 I would. I would. And, and also the, the other gift that you have, and I make fun of it, is this ability to, you know, structure conversations, but also to keep us on task, right? <laughs> to get to a point, to keep it within a certain time frame, because, you know, if it were up to me, I'd just bloviate all day long. <laughs> Aviation Nation, baby. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you just do a great job with that. I really appreciate you saying that. It's really nice of you to say. I mean, I, I think one of the things I've learned is that I don't care where I record. I can record in a closet. I can record in a studio. <laughs> I can put any any manner of things around me. And I still hate the, the quality of sound that I get on my side. So it doesn't make a difference. I agree. Podcasting, incredibly hard. You know, for me, I guess... You know, to, to, to throw a, a similar compliment back at you, you've just taught me so much. There was times in this journey when I, you know, there would be whole sections that stuff that, as you know, I didn't want to talk about. I'm like, I don't want to talk about culture, Jeff. Oh my God. Or you'll pull me into conversations. I just don't really want to talk about these things. And offline, I'll say those things to you. I'm like, really? You really want to talk about this? And, but every time you teach me something I didn't know, that either makes me a better agency owner, a better consultant, or, you know, or a better business owner, or just a better person. And all those things are valuable. I come back to that famous quote. I want to say it was it was Jim Collins and was it Drucker, I think? And the, the quote was basically, mm. Jim, your problem is that you're too busy trying to be interesting. You need to spend more time being interested. Mm. I don't know if I got those names right. You got it right. You got it absolutely right. And I've kind of, those have been words I've tried to live by. I always feel like, you know, when I think about the people I interact with, I just try to be interested in what, the, I'd like to be better at that. I don't think I'm good enough. But I would like to be that person that when you come in the room, you know, there's that great, there's those stories of people where, you know, you, you catch up with them on the phone and they'll say, well, how is so-and-so doing? And they'll say, I don't know, because you know, they spent the whole time in, in, inquiring about your life, which is what I'd like to be. I'm, I'm, I'm far from. But anyway, what, what have been some of your, your greatest, I guess, maybe insights you've taken away and applied? I think things you've learned from our time together that you've been able to apply in your business or with your clients? And I'll, I'll kind of share one or two as well. That's a great question. And it's really weird <laughs> when you go back and, and, and you listen to yourself speak. And I did that for this recording, but, you know, periodically we do that, you know, for quality control or to set up another episode or, or something. And I'm, I feel like I listen to a lot of these episodes as if I didn't participate in them. <laughs> I know the feeling. <laughs> which which is weird because, yeah, it's very weird. you know, it, you'll ask me a question, you know, in a podcast recording. I'm like, I have no idea how I would answer that. If I had to answer that right now, I wouldn't know how to answer it. So I'm often surprised at what comes out of these conversations. But you're going to think this is weird, but here's one of the best ideas I've taken away from you. And it is a nugget. And you're going to say, well, it's not that big of a deal probably, but I find this fascinating. And it's the concept of partners believe they have their handle on the market, but they don't Hmm. because their sample size is too small because their sample size is just their clients. I find that so incredibly profound and simple, but powerful in terms of moving the ball in an environment of BS of PS, right? Because when a partner speaks about their client base, it's always interpreted as gospel. 
right? And you don't contradict it. It's their lived experience when most often data refutes it. And to me, that just opened up my world from a consulting perspective and helped me to affect change in, in environments that are hard to change. And it, I, I just found it an incredible insight. It's funny. You, uh, thank you. It's funny you say that because I don't think I apply that concept enough in my own work. So I just like, maybe I didn't recognize the, the, the power of that comment. You know, it's funny. I, I think I told this at the, when I told it, you know, as many people, listeners know, my dad started the business that ultimately became Rattleback. And I worked with my dad, who was a designer and owned a you know, design firm. I never forget this line he would always say. He's like, look, it's hard to fly like an eagle when you got a turkey for a client. <laughs> and so my, my joke about that is that, you know, there's, there's, and I think we did this in that episode. I said, you know, what if, what if all your clients and you don't even know it are lackluster performers? You know what I mean? Like you don't, you don't really realize it because you just, your, your sample set's too small. And that's something that I, I, I get scared about. Not, not because our clients are bad clients. I don't mean that at all. I just mean I get scared about what if my my vision of reality is is shaded by some other greener pasture I've never seen before, and you know that scares me. You know, I guess you know on the flip, you know, one of the things that I guess I admire about you and you've I've learned from this is that you always have an extra question. So it doesn't really matter. Like I could lay out what I believe is the most perfect strategy on how I should do something with a client. And I'll say, hey, Jeff, what do you think about this? And you'll be like, what did you ask this? Did you ask that? Did you ask this? There's like five other questions that I miss. And, they'll be like, and I'm like, I don't know. And you're like, well, you need to know the answers to those things before you can propose this. And then, of course, I tuck my tail between my legs and get grumpy and say, oh, God, I don't want to ask all those questions. I thought I had the solution pick, picked out and we could just move forward. But I, I guess you just, you've, you've kind of always opened my eyes to both the importance of asking that extra question to understand what's really going on inside the firm relative to what you're seeing on the surface. And number one, and number two, I hate, I, 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 you have no idea how much it pains me to admit this. This is like, you know, you know, nails on a chalkboard or, or, or the Wolverines beating the Buckeyes. Like this is painful. The importance of culture. And I, I hate it. It makes me so annoyed. I hate the I hate culture. I hate the concept of it. It's so annoying, but you've taught me so much about how, you know, you can't really move anything if you can't get a culture of super highly educated people to believe in what you're trying to do here and all and kind of operating on the same page. And so you've made me more attuned to that. I mean, I still, still not good at it, but, but I still, I recognize that, you know, if you don't, if you don't have the room, essentially, you're not going to get anywhere. So you've really taught me that, given me at least some tool sets to, to, to understand it and have conversations about it for a guy who has you know, modestly low emotional intelligence. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, we, when you look back on our guest, I think every one of our guests personified that. And I don't know if it's, you know, and a lot of our guests are clients, not all of them, but they're clients because they share that worldview. You know, they understand the importance of culture. And I think to a guest, they're pretty uncompromising in each of those cases, right? There, this is our culture. This is who we are. This is how we do this. And there's a sense of pride in it, or not pride, confidence. Remember we did the episode on, is your firm confident? Yeah. I think almost all of our guests were confident firms. And they're the types of firms, if they called you up, 
and they said, hey, Jason, we'd like you to come to work for us, you would go, absolutely, I'm in. Because they have that type of high-performance, people-oriented cultures. You're listening to Rattle and Pedal, divergent thoughts on growing your professional services firm. Your hosts are Jason Malicki, principal of Rattleback, the marketing agency for professional services firms, and Jeff McKay, former CMO and founder of strategy consultancy, Prudent Pedal. If you find this podcast helpful, please help us by telling a friend and rating us on iTunes. Thank you. Now back to Jason and Jeff. I agree with you. And, and, and to your point, it's intoxicating maybe is the right word when you, when you are in that, when you're around that, and when there is that type of energy. And when it's not there, it's, it's really hard to get it back. And I always talked about in, in our business, the agency business, this idea of momentum, you know, that there's, there's times when you have momentum and when you have momentum, you have to double down and go fast because when you have it, it's, it's, it's like you have to ride that wave when it's there. And because when you lose it, it's really, really hard to get it back. And so I think it kind of dovetails with, with culture because when you're, it's like a sport, right? When the momentum's not there, it's like you're, you're trudging through molasses to try to recover it. And so you have, to, you have to double down on it when you have it. You know, that reminds me, when we look back on the types of emails or comments we get from listeners, they tend to fall into to two camps. And I'm going to call out some names here because they were so good. I, I remember when Katie Cloyd sent us an email where she was listening to Rattle and Pedal in the car, I think on her way to work during her commute. And how she would just laugh at our description of life in professional services. And it was because she was living those those types of cultural moments, if you will, the BS, the PS, and the frustrations and the successes. But, you know, our our listeners always want to know how do you move the ball in an environment where the culture isn't quite like that yet. Culture is important. The culture is important. It's the most important because it's the governor on, on what you're going to do. Yeah, Wayne, drop in the fingernails on the on the uh, chalkboard sound clip for me there. I really appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> um, or or tears. It could just be just tears. Me crying. No, it also worked. <laughs> so so Jason just called out to our sound editor Wayne. This guy is phenomenal because if you ever heard a rattle and pedal podcast unedited, it would be fingers on a chalkboard. <laughs> it's awful. <laughs> Wayne, Wayne, Wayne makes us sound much better than we actually are. So a shout out to Wayne who has been phenomenal. And if you need a sound editor, I'm putting a plug in for him. Send me a note. I'll be happy to connect you. And he's just a, a great guy to, too. So just to kind of a shout out to just what a nice guy he is. I've really enjoyed knowing him a little. I've been able to know him. He's been a lot of fun to to send these things to. And I, and I only can imagine what's going through his head when he listens to it. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I'm going to edit that out. Oh my God, these guys are horrible. No, I don't have no idea what he's saying, but it's funny. Yeah. So, so what, what was your favorite episode? Yeah, you know, I kind of have two favorites. You know, one of my favorite episodes was when we had Gunnar Branson on and it was really just because I can just listen to him talk all day. I mean, he's just such a, 
interesting guy. He just he has knows so much about so many things, and and I just loved his kind of you know comments about how the living room was actually the dying room originally when it was created. It's just this whole kind of crazy story. I mean, we we kind of went you know we went off every single rail in that in that episode. I just really enjoyed listening to him. He's the type of guy that I could just sit down over a cup of coffee and listen to for hours. And then my other favorite episode, really, it it always comes back to marketing ruins everything. Actually, I think that's always going to be my favorite episode just because (laughs) it's, I think it's so antithetical for us to say, you know, we're running a podcast about marketing and then say marketing ruins everything and talk about kind of everything that marketing has ruined. And we need to do like a V2 of that, although enough will ever capture the magic of the first one, but just because it's so true. It's so true that marketing does just suck the life out of so many things in life. When you see it, it, it just frustrates you, right? And as a marketer, it makes you even more angry when it's really just bad marketing. Yeah, that was one of my favorites as well. I think kind of on the heels of that, if we're just talking about the bloviating between you and, and me, the marketing ruins everything is is up there. But I also like the heroes and the and the villains episodes and the biggest mistakes and in in the biggest mistakes was one of the most listened to episodes if memory serves me because well I don't know why it is my hypothesis would be people would like to know looking at two guys who apparently have had great success in their careers you know saying well no not <laughs> it was hard right we made some dumb mistakes you know, and, and I actually wrote a white paper on the biggest brand mistakes professional services make because I made all of them. And that's how you learn. If you're making the mistakes and you're not learning, that's not good. I mean, wouldn't you give anything to be, you know, the 2001 version of Jeff with the 2021 knowledge of Jeff? Like, I think about that all the time. Like, I would, would love to have like that, you know, time machine ability to, you know, be entering in my case, entering the agency world in 2001, knowing what I know now, 20 years of hard earned learning about how to run a business, how to run an agency, how to consult a client, how to sell, all those things. I mean, just layers upon layers of learning that had to happen to get any semblance of the level of success I wanted, right? Yeah, <laughs> so it's yeah just, that's um, absolutely, absolutely right. Although I think I'd rather go back to high school with the knowledge I have now. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, support that <laughs> further, but, but yes. yes. So, all right. So, one more episode, and then I want to talk about our guests. But the uh, other, time out. We, you know, you said I'm good at this. We got to stay on the rails here. We are okay. running out of time. Okay. So, but one of my favorite episodes, and okay. one that multiple listeners said was their favorite episode too, was "Do you need a hundred thousand dollar website?" <laughs> Apparently that was the most contentious episode. That was what one of my oh, clients my told gosh. me. And I don't even really remember exactly what we said, but apparently there was a point in which I said, you're wrong in a discussion, something along those lines. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. But I want to get back to the guests because I think every one of the guests that we've had on have just been phenomenal. And they've been phenomenal because, you know, they they brought, you know, their honesty and humility born of mistakes that got them to to their success. As we already said, you know, they really emphasized the importance of culture. But I think each one of our guests was so uniquely special and just brought, I, I don't even know what I say, this kind of magic around the topic. 
that we discuss with them. You know, I think about, you know, J Labs, for example, at Spalding Ridge in our series on growth. And, you know, he's on his third firm. I don't even know if that's the right number given how many firms he's influenced, but his clarity of vision and unapologetic view of culture and the unique capabilities of that firm. I just love Jay and I can just listen to him talk all day. And Raj and Suchak and Michael Burton, who came to us through Jay, another couple of phenomenal stories and in Raj and his whole concept of grit and how he hired those people. But you know what uh, Michael Burton said that really stayed with me was that I can feel an inflection point. I thought that was so cool, that episode. Yeah, yeah that was cool. You know, the funny thing about all our guests is I felt like I learned a lot from every one of them. And that's actually been really powerful is just having people on. And I also want to, like you said, I want to kind of give all of the people that have joined us as guests sort of special props for the planning they did to make those episodes successful. Every single one of them to a T put a lot of time and thought into what they were going to say and how they were going to say it. So, you know, Mark talking about the Wainwright, talking about the pipeline cliff. I love that analogy. I think he does it really well. He kind of differentiates sales and marketing better than anybody. Good sale, bad sale with Brian. I just thought it was really oh, great I love that episode. Way of looking at the world. It's funny. I've used that language now and then, and partners will look at me and say, how is what? there a bad sale? I'm like, well, <laughs> have you ever had a sale that has these things? And they go, yeah. I say, is that a good sale? They kind of look at me and go, no, it's a terrible sale. But you don't think about it very frequently. Gil on the key speech. Uh, I, I love the idea of the key speech, and I love the, that he just put himself out there to do it, number one, and number two, to talk about it. It's really cool. So yeah, I, I totally agree with you. It's it's been fun to have people on like that. And it's funny, we should say, I mean, we get inquiries to be on this show all the time. And mm-hmm. we say no to all of them. So really the only people that we invite on are people that we sort of know or we have some sense of what they would talk about. And I, and I shouldn't say we say no to everyone. We say no to we don't say no, no to listeners. I mean listeners listeners, if, if they have something interesting yeah. to talk about, we certainly invite them on. It's more of these kind of like, you know, podcast shills that, that are out there kind of a dime a dozen now that are pushing an agenda really hard that we tend to not pay attention to. Yeah. Um, Don't call us. We'll call you. Yeah. So, (laughs) well, we should wrap, uh, you know, we are, we are past our mandate since that's my my superpower apparently in the podcasting universe. I want to give one more shout out. Okay. To a group of people, because I think it's really important because when you're starting a podcast in a noise filled marketplace, and there's so many choices. What normally gets listened to are the podcasts that peers share with one another and say, you have to listen to this because that type of endorsement is, is so important because people only have so much time and they want to use that time wisely. And there have been some people who consistently share our podcasts and we hear from people, I heard it from this person or that person, or you can actually see them sharing it on LinkedIn or, or something like that. But I, I just want to give a shout out to, to some of these people because they've had such a big impact. And, you know, the first one is Connor O'Halloran, who is going to be a guest on this podcast because he is, as I've said before, he is the man at 30, I wish I had been. Just incredible integrity, 
all around nice guy, very smart, savvy marketer, and just a great guy. And I think you guys will love to listen to him if it even come on. He's so kind of humble. He's like, oh, I don't have anything to say, but he's he's good. And a mutual friend of ours, Will Riss, who is an incredibly talented digital marketer I uh, worked with at a client. And this guy's in Mensa. And I think his IQ is like University of Michigan high, not the Ohio State University high. So he's, he's struggling to get by, huh? <laughs> Wicked smart guy. Wicked smart guy. Florian Heinrichs, who Accenture, who is, is our biggest European supporter. We want to have him on because he's another brilliant marketer um, with that Anderson DNA. I love it. But a couple of others, John Alberg, CEO of Wadent, shares our stuff. Joe Rice, brilliant entrepreneur, actually became a client of, of Prudent Pedal through the podcast, which is, is fascinating. But the list goes on and on. But I just want to say thank you. If I haven't named you, I've reached out to you personally, and I want you to know, thank you, thank you, thank you. Keep sharing. And review, and review. Go give us a five-star <laughs> review. <laughs> we, could, we could use some fresh reviews, that's for sure. Yeah. All right, so we, we're going to wrap, and I'm just going to say this as we move on. You know, it's been a fun thousand days, fun 100 episodes. I'm looking forward to another thousand days, another 100 episodes, and hopefully another thousand days of Michigan mediocrity. So uh, <laughs> I'll talk to you next week. <laughs> See you, buddy. Thank you for listening to Rattle and Pedal. Divergent thoughts on marketing and growing professional services firms. Find content related to this episode at rattleandpedal.com. Rattle and Pedal is also available on iTunes and Stitcher.